My name is Merrill Zubro, CEO of Mark Research and the chair-elect of the MS Marketing Research Program at Michigan State University. I'm really excited to be part of Spartan Insights. Spartan Insights is a series of podcasts that I'll be hosting and interviewing one of the 350 alumni and 40 board members from the Michigan State Marketing Research Program. Today's guest on Spartan Insights is Jane Avarian, Associate Director of Russell Palmer Career Management Center at Michigan State. Jane, thanks so much for being a guest on Spartan Insights. It's my pleasure, Meryl. Thank you for the opportunity. Let's talk a little bit about your, your current job and responsibilities at Michigan State. Sure. Thanks, Meryl. Uh, I am an associate director with the Russell Palmer Career Management Center uh, at the Eli Broad College of Business at MSU. Love the job. I work primarily with graduate students, uh, including MS uh, marketing research students, and uh, really just help them work toward becoming market ready. Uh, that's the job market and advance professionally. So my passion is, is really about helping people uh, reach their professional goals. That's great. So what, I love how you frame that in terms of market ready. What does that mean in terms of, I mean, obviously, look, market ready is they graduate from the business school there with a, a 3.9 or a 4.0, something like that. But, but how about some of the soft skills to be what I'll call market ready? Sure. To me, market ready means being making sure that you are ready for the job market. You know, essentially, uh, and I don't mean to dehumanize people at all, but really, if you think about it, it's really an exchange of value and it's buyers and sellers. What's happening for students is that they're selling their skills and their talents and their experiences. Companies are the buyers. They're buying that talent. It's a marketplace, if you will. And students need to make sure that they know how to, in the written form and verbally, articulate and leverage their skills and experiences so that they're attractive to who are hiring their talent. So yeah, I mean, those soft skills are things like persuasive communication, communicating your skills and experiences, the ability to work effectively in teams, the ability to have empathy and curiosity and creativity. All of those things are highly desirable in the world of work today. No, I think there's some tremendous takeaways from there. And I, I think that's really, really good stuff. So obviously we're in the middle of, well, you know, I take that back. I don't know if we're in the middle of COVID-19. I don't know where we are in the process of this, right, Jane? I don't know right. if we're in the beginning, the middle, the end. I, I don't know. But we're in here. Let's just go with that. We obviously all lived through 9-11, and that had some challenges for people looking for jobs in transition. We obviously went through 2008, 2009, which was a mess. And now here we are now. Let's talk about this. How, how hard, how challenging is the job market, in your opinion, going to be? And let's start with some advice that you're giving the students who, you know, are probably having a difficult time. I really believe that these are very uncertain times, and I'm sure you feel the same. And it's hard to predict exactly what's going to happen because we haven't really seen anything like this. We've seen, you know, in the past economic factors that have caused recessed and depressed economies, but we've never really seen the impact of, you know, a healthcare crisis. So it will be 
interesting and perhaps even a little disconcerting on what's, what's ahead. But the principles don't really change here. I like to think that good career management includes three primary components. The first is valuation, which is your ability to uncover, articulate, and leverage your value. The second is alignment, which is aligning your skills and experiences with jobs and companies of interest. And lastly, and probably most important to this question, is networking. Networking is, is critically important. And the tactic that individuals need to use right now when they're seeking opportunities is empathy, compassion, and care. Because we're all worried about our jobs right now. We're all worried about the economy. We're worried about our families and, and people that we love. For anyone who's doing networking or, or is deep in the midst of a job search, which should include significant networking, you want to lead with care and compassion. Uh, if you're doing outreach via LinkedIn or any other kind of professional networking or social networking tool, you got to make sure that you're, you're sensitive to the idea that, you know, all of us are in a little bit of paralysis right now. We don't really know what's going on. So I would say networking is critically important, but lead with compassion and care. Uh, your pitch is, is critical. You want to pitch your skills and your experiences and how you have potential to add value with the companies that you're targeting. But when you talk to people who are at those companies, you want to lead with empathy and being inquisitive about how they're doing and what's happening for them. Yeah, no, I think there's some good things. I definitely want to follow up on networking, which I think is the key, right? I mean, everybody is going to send out resumes, the jobs are posted, but networking is really, really critical. I mean, I'm what I'll call a professional connector. I mean, even on LinkedIn, I have almost 27,000 connections. But let's expand on that because there's a lot of young professionals, right, who are just starting out in their career that are not comfortable with networking. They're not comfortable. They think it's imposing on somebody. They're an introvert, right? And they're just somebody who's just a little bit quiet and just doesn't have the, you know, wants to network, but just doesn't know how to. How do you get started, Jane? I mean, what do you say to overcome that with some folks who believe that? Yeah, great question, Meryl. I have to say that I'm a reluctant networker. I'm very introverted and incredibly shy. It has been tough for me throughout my career, yet I have always been able to create opportunities for myself by sort of getting over that and, and putting on my extroversion coat, if you will. So I wrote a book recently uh, called Who Logic. The largest chapter in the book is dedicated to networking. In that chapter, it's fairly bifurcated. So I break networking into two areas. Um, one area I refer to as fast networking. And then the other aspect of networking I refer to as slow and steady networking. Fast networking is incredibly necessary in today's world of looking for a job. And the reason that is, there are more resumes that are moving through job posting systems and on company websites than we've ever seen before, because it's just really easy to apply for a job now. You can do it on a website, you can do it off of job posting systems, and there are so many of them. So what happens, and why fast networking is so critically important, is we, we apply for a job, sending our resume, hitting that submit button, and then we sit back and we cross our fingers and hope that somebody picks out our resume from the thousands that may have been received. 
typically and, and often companies use an applicant pattern software tool to do the first review of a resume. And that means it's really important to align your skills and experiences with the job posting, that, the job that you're seeking. But the other piece that's really important here is fast networking, which means just before you apply for the job or shortly thereafter, you go into LinkedIn or any other sort of networking tool and you find a person or maybe a few people who work at that company and you reach out to them and you ask to connect because what you're seeking is some quick advocacy. You're seeking endorsements make it more possible for your resume to move to uh, an HR recruiter or a hiring manager and you increase your chances to move to the interview pile. Fast networking is critically important and then there's also slow and steady networking which is more of an intentional approach where you build a list of companies of interest, you identify people who are working at those companies and you do outreach and communication so you essentially build a communication plan uh, with touch points along Along the way and what you're doing is a slow and steady relationship building practice that ultimately can yield some advocacy and the whole thing about being nervous about doing this and maybe thinking that it's inauthentic or that it's opportunistic please let's dispel that nobody advances in isolation we all do it through support and help from others and I always say to students or anyone that I'm working with, you will likely pay it forward. You may be knocking on someone's door for help right now, but you're likely going to be in the same seat or a similar seat years from now when somebody knocks on your door for help. And not everybody's gonna help you, but there are those who will. So networking is critically important. Fast networking, very important in today's job search market and then slow and steady uh, networking should be just a, a lifelong practice. Yeah, and I think you bring up so many interesting points, Jane. I remember the first meeting, first conference I ever attended, and it's very challenging and scary to walk into a conference that has 500 people for lunch and, oh my God, where do I sit, right? Well, no, I don't want to sit there. I don't know any of those people. So what I did was, um, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but what I did was I went to the restroom and I waited about three minutes and I came back. The decision was made for me because it was two tables that had one seat left. It's like, okay, I got to sit there. And that's how I overcame fear a little bit when, you know, in my twenties, when I didn't know where to sit, I didn't know how I was going to handle a situation. And I, I think that there's some interesting things there, especially because you said, you know, you're kind of an introvert, right? But you probably have overcome that, figure out ways that work for you and your skills and have helped that in your career and use that to your advantage, which I think there's some really nice takeaways there. Yeah, and what I, what I would really also love to emphasize, and I love your story, by the way, I think you lead with curiosity. Networking is very other-centered. You have to forget that you're looking for a job. And making friends means that you're other-oriented. You're curious about them. You want to learn about how they've been successful. You want to learn about how they do the work they do and the outcomes that they produce because that actually helps inform you. If, if I could say nothing else and if I could just use one word to emphasize networking, it's curiosity. Be curious. Yes, we all hire on curiosity, and I think that's important, and I think that's a great word. The other thing is I want to get back to something else that you said about LinkedIn, 
Let's talk a few things that are must-haves on LinkedIn for a second. I mean, obviously, you know, I've seen your profile. You have a great picture. You have a great background picture of some trees. I don't know if that's East Lansing, Michigan, downtown Detroit. I don't know where that is, but it's a nice picture. You obviously have over 500 connections, which is fantastic. You know, you've really listed all your um, accomplishments, which is great. Any best practices, must-haves that are table stakes that some of the students of today need to make sure they do? Because, you know, when you look at a lot of these profiles, they're really simplistic. Some people don't even have a picture. Some don't have a background picture. They haven't changed anything. But anything jump out on your, when you're working with students that you say, listen, guys, you've got to have this. I think that your headline area, which is the, the area just below your photo and the about section, yep. I think used to be called summary. I think right. of those as your value proposition and your pitch. You know, my value proposition is that I'm a career design strategist who uses empathy, creativity, and who logic to help people become market ready and advance professionally. And I'm not reading that from a script. I've memorized it. It's why I get up and, and do the work that I do. It's my mission, my passion. If you look at my LinkedIn profile, what you'll see is that I don't use the default for the headline, which would just say that I'm an associate director. There's nothing wrong with that, but what does that tell you? It doesn't say very much. But when I edit my headline and I say I'm a career design strategist, that conjures up very different kinds of value and deliverables and, and really speaks to who I am. So I think that's critically important. You need to spend time crafting your value proposition. And that's really, what is your working title? How do you do the work that you do? And what are your intended outcomes or your actual outcomes? You know, I mentioned my book, Who Logic? Who is just what, how, and outcome. It's an assessment framework that be, can be used for resume design, for value proposition creation, for pitching, for interviewing. A LinkedIn profile is, is a pitch. It's the ability yep. to help other people understand how you've added value in the past and your potential to add value in the future. The about section really should be a sort of a written pitch really speaking to you know, how you get work done, mm -hmm. specific tools, techniques, strategies that you use, and, and outcomes that you deliver, whether they're actual or intended. Yeah, and I think there's, there's some, so many takeaways. My sense is that your headlines, your pitch will change, whether that's changing in a year or two years, it may be even six months, right? I mean, you may not have some of the stuff you have on there. Maybe I've seen the future and you're going to be a podcast host, right? <laughs> and, and the reality is no, but maybe, maybe you have a radio show. I don't know. Maybe you have a TV show. Maybe you write seven more books, whatever it is. The reality is, and I think it's an important takeaway, that it's dynamic. It's changing. Right, Jane? Absolutely. Ever evolving. I mean, who, who we are professionally and personally is about what experiences we have, how we engage in those experiences and outcomes associated with the experiences. And that evolves. We're not static creatures. We, we grow and build based on, on the experiences and the world around us. I think that's great. So you're what I call a boomerang, right? So we have about 18% of the people at Mark, the company that I'm CEO of, that have left and come back to the company. But you've done that. Not only did you go to Michigan State undergrad and graduate, you've been at Michigan State three times. You've been there, left, been there, left, and now you're back. 
can you talk a little bit about, I think there's some great takeaways in terms of those experiences and what it did for your career and how it rounded out your career? Yeah, I'm actually very proud of my career trajectory, mainly because first and foremost, I'm a lifelong learner. What's happened for me when I've left Michigan State, because Michigan State is this wonderful little womb-like place where you can you know, learn from lots of different people. But I also wanted to be able to expand and learn in a different kind of environment. So I worked in the California State University system, which is very different than Michigan State. I went to a university that was primarily first-generation college students, so the opportunity to learn grow there was tremendous. I learned about, you know, assessment. I learned about strategic planning. That's where I crafted Who Logic. And then going from Cal the California State University system to the University of Oregon, also a really tremendous opportunity for learning. I really believe that I'm an enriched professional and I have more value to add at Michigan State by coming back based on the experiences that I've had. But I also spend time using WhoLogic to assess and reflect on those experiences and how they align with the work that I'm currently doing and the goals of the Russell Palmer Career Management Center. My goal is to try to meet those goals and those strategic initiatives based on the skills that I've developed and the value that I know I can add. So it's all been a learning experience for me. I have a huge growth mindset. I'm just really curious about learning. I learn from students that I work with. I learn from my colleagues. And I'm learning from you right now, Meryl, so thank you. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You call it lifelong learning, which I absolutely love. I call it 900 seconds. 900 seconds, 15 minutes a day. Get better at something. I don't care if it's get better at being a better daughter or son, a better spouse, a better mother or father, a better friend, better at presenting, better at writing, better at teaching. It doesn't matter. Just pick something for 15 minutes a day, 900 seconds. So I love the way that you frame that. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I quickly want to ask you a question about your book, and then I want to get to a final series of questions that'll take two minutes. So your book, it sounds to me that you had a blast writing it. How long did it take? What was the process? Uh, yeah, it was really fun and required a lot of self-discipline. I'm really busy at work, so I didn't have time to write it at work. I wrote it on the weekends and late evenings and really early in the morning. And really, it was just a compilation of working with students in the past, workshops that I've delivered. I had copyrighted Who Logic way back in 2009 because I noticed it was being used at other schools on the West Coast. So I thought, oh gosh, I better protect it. But the process of writing it was really fun and it helped me kind of create an integrated narrative around how to use Who Logic to build a valuation mindset, not only to get a job, but to manage your career for a lifetime by just using this really simple and nimble assessment tool that really helps you understand how your work impacts the goals of an organization, strategic targets, and helps people become market ready. So you can use it 
for resume design. You can use it for value proposition development, for interviewing, for pitching, for networking. It's this nimble and very simple tool that will help you become market ready and advance your career. And for me, that is incredibly important. And I think the value add is companies get to have an employee that is thinking about how their work aligns with strategy and that they frame their work around that. So ultimately you get a more productive and engaged employee because they know the value of their work in relation to strategy. That's great. In closing, Jane, what can the advisory board, the MSMR advisory board do to help the MSMR students? Is there one thing that pops out? Yeah, continuous mentoring and support. I, I really do think that managing your career is, is kind of a scary prospect. And not all of these students, and I, don't, I would never want to speak for these students, but most of them are pretty young in their career. And I think they need to feel that they're supported and cared about. And I see that happening from the MSMR board. So I say just keep doing the great work that you're doing and emphasize how important it is for students to um, reach out and network and build really strong, a, a really strong network. That's great. One last thing. What can the students do to help themselves? I think what's really important here is to engage in self-assessment, to understand, learn and understand the work that they do and value it. Often they undervalue their work. And it's really important to see the value in it. And that's where who logic comes into place. Sometimes students are what I call stuck in the what. They know what they did, but they really haven't taken the time to figure out how they did the work and outcome associated with the work and how an outcome is all about building confidence and really understanding your value and your worth without arrogance, but with evidence. And so I think it's really important for students to take the time to assess their experiences and value them and confidently share that information across their network and with potential employers. Perfect. Quickly. I'm going to ask one last question. I keep saying that and I keep going because you just trigger so many thoughts in my mind. Finish this sentence. Meryl, I would like to get better at blank in the next six months. Don't even have to defend it. Just give me something. Meryl, I would like to get better at regularly engaging in networking. The reason I had you do that, considering we are before today, we were total strangers and I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and hopefully we'll get a chance to meet one day. But the reality is self-awareness is the most important takeaway and skill that I think an individual can have. If they have self-awareness, what they want to do to get better, what do they need to do to get better? How do they come across to people? You know, what are their mannerisms? And I think that that's critical. And I think people who are the more successful you are, the more self-awareness you have. And I think that that's important. And that's a great place to end today. Thanks, Jane. I really appreciate your time today on Spartan Insights. My name is Meryl Dubrow. Thanks for listening.